quite right. For what it's worth. What I call the it is a little bit ironical because uh, it's quite an arrogant thing to take that name and put it on yourself. It's like taking a crown and putting it on your head now. But I do it with a smile because um, uh, the diva that you see, that you know, uh, which is in the, the person in performance, is not necessarily the person that, that I am. It's just that as a performer, I've lived that diva-esque existence, um, being in a, in a little box and having the box opened up night after night when you come out and perform and everybody sees this thing, this entity, and then you go back and you disappear and pack your suitcase and the other, the person that's you goes to the other town and does the same thing the next night. And I've experienced that balance between being the public person that is this monstrous type of diva personage and being a person trying to maintain my, my life, you know. I, I can make that distinction. I think there was a time when I found it very difficult to uh, know so 30 years ago, the effervescent, magnetic, always pushing the envelope image-wise and musically, the woman that we fell in love with, with sweet dreams are made of these, that androgynous look and that voice. Miss Annie Lennox. 30 years ago, she released her first solo album, Diva, on April 6, 1992. And this is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, where we talk about music and we talk about film and the marriage of the two. And along with the album, Annie Lennox released a video album. And it was the Diva Videos it was directed by Sophie Mueller. And so it was a video of almost every song. They were visually stunning. There was one where she's at St. Mark's Square. The songs. She worked with Stephen Lipson, who also did the, the Medusa album. You know, come on, no more I love yous. That's such an iconic cover that she did. So much so that Bill Clinton bought it for Monica Lewinsky. Yep, she, he really did. So Diva is this pop, R&B, rock, jazz, because there is Keep Young and Beautiful on it. And then visually, it's just so stunning. And that album cover, she's dressed as this showgirl. The Diva. <sighs> that infamous song, Why? Walking on Broken Glass, Precious, Legend in My Living Room, Cold, Money Can't Buy It, Little Bird, Primitive, Stay By Me, The Gift. Out of those so uh, songs, I think she made a video for probably eight or nine of them. And then the bonus track, Keep Young and Beautiful. There's, you know, this was Annie Lennox coming into her own as a performer, as an artist. She was about to become a mother, or actually, no, I think she was about to, her second child, probably. 
this long career that she has had, she's still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That is a big injustice. And, I mean, there's another album I'm going to talk about that's going to celebrate its 29th anniversary today as well. But Annie Lennox's diva, first of all, she got nominated for a Grammy for Album of the Year, didn't win it. I think Eric Clapton won that year. But it's still such a legendary album. She kind of took that MC persona from Cabaret that Joel Grey has and served up those songs in performance and in videos. In the Legend of My Living Room video, she's got a top hat on and a suit. And she's selling the song. She's selling the performance. That is a testament to Miss Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox has that voice. She's a Scottish, you know, singer, comes from Scotland, has has this love of Motown and rock and mixes it all together vocally. And we remember, you know, Sweet Dreams Are Made of These and Here Comes the Rain Again, Would I Lie to You, Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves. She loved R&B. And then she loved to play with the image. When she did Sweet Dreams Are Made of These on the Grammys, she was dressed as Elvis. So she was doing this before Lady Gaga. She was doing it in a David Bowie way, but she took it even further. She took the image further. There's that video, um, Love is a Stranger, and she's and she's got the wig on, and then she takes the wig off, and it's it's such a climactic moment. And then here we and then oh, and then Missionary Man. I love that song. That those lyrics, if I had a mile for everything I've done, that or if I if I had a dollar bill for everything I'd done, there'd be a miles of a money piled up to my chin. Hey! I love that. But then Diva, Diva is this continuation of an artist. She took time away from the Eurythmics. She reconvened with Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics in 1999. And they did an album together called Peace. And they did some subsequent tours as well. But her solo career, she, she, had a, she has a, a very interesting solo career. And that voice, it's always that voice that stands above the fray. And I remember when she, when she, you know, she won a Grammy for the video album. Stunning video album. And then five years later, not five years, let's see. Yeah, well, three years later, she wins a Grammy for Best Female Pop Vocal. They don't give that award out anymore because now they've merged it, men and women, to Best Pop Vocal Performance. And she wins... And she says, you know, I've been really, she says, I've been doing this a long time, you know, and this is a cherry on the cake. And, and it's good to see people coming into themselves. And that performance of No More I Love You's and then that video, that video is striking. And she's got those eyes, you know what I mean? Woo! It's a hypnotic performance. And that's why Diva is so important these 30 years later. And I was hoping that she was going to re-release it. Because there's a lot of goodies. You know, that that video that she did for Little Bird, which is such a great song. 
It's not on the video album, although I think they added it later. It's all of her different personas. And she's pregnant. And and they're and it's the drag queens and it's her different per- personas. Madonna copied that. Madonna copied that. I think a couple of years ago at the MTV Awards, where all these drag queens came out dressed as her, and I'm thinking, oh please, Annie Lennox did that first. And the little bird video is, you know, she's bringing them all out. It's all her different personas. The sweet dreams are made of these. Uh, Thorn in my side. Walking on broken glass. Uh, the Y, you know, the Y video, the showgirl look. That's Annie Lennox for you. So 30 years later, I encourage you to put on Diva. It's such a magnificent album. And then if you can, find the video album. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. Everything's on YouTube that we thought we forgot about. Isn't that right, Will Smith? Um, yeah. In fact, I was going for a walk and I remembered that Annie Lennox raps on Legend in my... Or not, was it? Oh yeah, she does. She says, <laughs> pay attention to me because I'm a rich white girl and it's plain to see. I got everything I know. I got everything money could buy. I got diamonds and you know about those. <laughs> I'm not going to continue. <laughs> but the fact that she rapped that, it's like, Whoa. Because she's taking on a persona. That's the that's the thing about these singers. Now it's, you know, oh, this is what happened to me. But with Annie Lennox, a lot of it was a persona that she created. Some of it could be semi-autobiographical. Some of it is just you're selling this performance. You know, Barbara Streisand did that. Barbara Streisand was this this singer who acted or this actress who sang. And so Annie Lennox is just serving it up on this album Diva released April 6, 1992 and that's uh, the first part of this Dr. Zeus film podcast because we're going to do another one in a bit because I just I just love doing these things in threes if you catch my drift wouldn't you agree Jada Pinkett Smith an entanglement what is that <laughs> oh yeah Hey, when you fuck yourself over like that, I don't know what to tell you. So the VHS was released April 6, 1992, along with the album. DVD was released April 26, or September 26, 2000. So look for it. It's out there. It's a magnificent album. Even Hugh Laurie makes a debut in uh, Walking on Broken Glass. What a title. So stay tuned. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast coming up next with some more. Really cool. Yeah. Where's he, where's he recording? Where's he 
So, first we heard about Annie Lennox, 30 Years of Diva, and today, 29 years ago, now 30 years ago, Tool put out Opiate. This past March, they redid the song Opiate Squared. But there were some songs that they decided not to put on the Opiate EP, and they made them onto Undertow, released on April 6, 1993. As of 2020, Undertow has sold over 3 million copies in the United States. Yep. This is the first full-length Tool album. And I played a little a little snippet of them in the studio. And Maynard's just having fun, you know. This better not be pure Purple Rain. This was the first foray into the album. Uh, first, they had done an EP. This was produced by Sylvia Massey and Tool. The artwork was designed by Adam Jones. And that's the thing. This is when Tool really started to push the envelope. It's all it's not just about the performance. It's about the package. It's about the art. It's about everything that culminates into this moment. And at this time they had their bass player Paul Demore this was the last album or actually this is the only album because he also was on the opiate EP Paul Demore now Paul Demore wrote some of the songs for Anima but it was Justin Chancellor who played on the album <sighs> we have Intolerance Prison Sex that infamous song that infamous video Sober infamous song infamous video <gasps> Bottom the only time Tool ever had a guest vocally, Henry Rollins, Crawl Away, one of my favorites, which was originally on their demo, which was called Satan, Swamp Song, Undertow, the Tridal track, Four Degrees, Flood, and just, what is this? Oh, this is a long track. This ends the album, and it's at track 69. Ha ha ha. Very funny. But see, that's the thing. Tool always has a sense of humor. Disgustipated. Disgustipated is track 69 of most pressings in North America. Tracks 10 to 68 are silent. Uh, it appears uh, as track 39, 10 mostly in Europe and Australia. This was Tool's first time. We all know about our first times. Doing an album. Because they had done Opiate and they had done, you know, their demo. And here they are. This They were off and running. And on this previous tour that's going on right now, I shouldn't say previous, but it's going, they're in Europe right now. They have been playing sober at some shows. Prison Sex, they haven't played in a while. I think when I saw them in 2006, they did Prison Sex. And I have a funny story to tell about that. My friend Amanda, Lukasiewicz, she's floating around somewhere. She's a spirit. 
we were in the courtyard of our alma mater talking about our love for Tool. That's how she and I bonded. I've talked about this on the podcast before, where we had a computer class together. That's how we met. And I had a Tool hoodie on, and I came in one morning. She sees me, and she's like, hey, you like Tool? And I said, yeah, I do. And that's how we became friends. And we used to sit in her car, and sometimes we were baked, and sometimes we weren't. And we would sit there and analyze these songs by Tool. And then I would try to sing some of them, and they they were okay. But I remember one time she was getting ready to go on a date with this guy. And we were listening to Four Degrees, and she's being hilarious. And she's getting ready, and she pops her head out and goes, In! (laughs) And we're just sitting there laughing. (laughs) It was hilarious. It was good times. And... But we were in the courtyard at our alma mater and the founder was walking around and she said very loudly, oh my God, I love prison sex. But she was referring to the song and he heard it and he looked at us and went, oh shit. (laughs) But you know, it was us. He probably thought, oh, these silly kids, these silly college students. And yeah, we were, we were, we were silly. All right. It was an interesting time. But we would obsess, uh, we would, about these songs. Like, what are they about? Because sometimes Tool would say, well, it's about anal sex, and it's about this, and it's about something that happened, or autobiographical. I've learned not to read too much into it, because here's the thing with a Tool song. It means something totally different to the listener. Okay. An example of that is when Dave Grohl was on the Kelly Clarkson show. I don't know why I'm referencing that, but I'm going to. And she was talking about how she loved that song, Learn to Fly. And he said, that's really about my wanting to become a pilot. So when you learn the truth about certain songs, you know, you know the song is about you. There's either a letdown or there's like, oh... Like, of course, Tori Amos, Cornflake Girl, is not about cornflakes. It's about female genital mutilation. That's what it's about. Hiding from the Raisin Girls, yes. So when that's why sometimes it's like, I don't want to know what the song's about. Because it may mean something totally different to me. And these Tool songs on the Undertow album mean so much to me. I know these songs front, backwards, forwards, side. They've been fucked. They've been smoked. They've been covered in glitter. My God. Undertow. God. What a way to open the, uh, the album. I mean. Actually, no. I was looking at the wrong track listing. Intolerance. That's the way they open the album. And then followed by Prison Sex. We're building here. Sober. Bottom. Bottom is such a great song because it. It builds and then it slows down and then it gets spooky. One night I was listening to it and driving as the sun started to go down and then you hear them scream together dead inside and it's like, whoa, and then it builds. Crawl Away is such a great song because you hear like Peruvian music in the background. You have to turn it up and then if you have it all the way turned up, then your ears get blasted out and then you hear the... Da, 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 da. And then the bass 
Paul Demore's bass is just thumping on this, and it always impressed me. And there's a moment where they run with it. There's a section where they just freeform it, and it's crazy. Now, Swamp Song, when I saw them in Fresno in 2020, they did Swamp Song. And then they said, raise your hand if you are this old, if you were how old you are now. And I raised my hand accidentally realized, oh, no, in 1993, I was 12. Because they said some of you weren't even a lot. You were still sperm when this song. And I'm thinking, no, it wasn't sperm. There was something else going on. But um, <laughs> Swamp Song. That's such a, to hear them do that live, they won't do it now. I don't know. Uh, what's another song they did? Oh, Undertow. They did play Undertow a couple of times, I think, on this t- current tour. Yeah. I think they played it in Michigan or Kentucky. Four degrees. Oh, four degrees warmer. That I think may or may not be about anal sex. Scientifically, the anus is four degrees warmer than the vagina. It's true. It's true. It's true. I, I Trust me, Amanda and I researched it. We were actually sitting there in computer class. Like, it was, Well, we weren't in class. I think we were just using computers. This is before smartphones. And then flood, and then disgustipated. I mean, we would we would analyze these songs. We would analyze them. And whenever I go to a Tool concert now, I think of her because it's like, oh, she would I, she would have loved Fear Inoculum. I mean, come on, we're we're all getting inoculated. Okay, here we go. I'm looking at the current set lists that's the that's the beauty is now you can look at look them up because i i was tempted okay yeah they did undertow i was tempted to go to some of their their other shows but i thought nah i can't afford it otherwise you know if i had been working more steadily than doing um part-time stuff but i was living off of and you don't need to hear about that anyway dr zeus film podcast too much information I'm not Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. Don't worry. Don't worry. If I'm going to uncouple or I'm going to have an entanglement, you're not going to know about it. I, I will save people the trouble right there. So I saw them in Sacramento. They did Fear Inoculum, Opiate, The Pot, Push It, Sen- uh, Yuma, The Grudge, Right Into, Descending, Hooker with a Penis, Chocolate Trip, Chip Trip, Calling Voices, the live debut, and Invincible. Yeah. And you weren't allowed to film, but I, I still did it anyway. James knows why. Isn't that right, James? If you're listening, I hope you saved those videos because I had to delete. Like, when you go into your storage on the phone, the iPhone, you can delete. So if they're deleted, that's why. So anyway, three years of Undertow by Tool. 29, actually. This year is going to be the 30th anniversary of Ministries Psalm 69. So I'm getting ready for that. But this has been the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. The visuals in Tools videos. It started with, you know, Hush and then Prison Sex and Sober took it even further. So much so that Kurt Cobain, I think, went after them because he, he you know, 
maybe he was in a lot of pain at the time. Um, I wanna I wanna get this. I I like Nirvana and they're great, but come on. I love Tool. You know, I oh god, I hope they get sued. You did a great job ripping them off. It is so it is such a rip-off. It's it's a shameless rip-off. I mean, I wanted a Brothers Quay style, but I didn't want anything like that, you know. That, that was terrible. I mean, it's a neat video. It's really nice to look at, but I mean, I'd rather watch a Brothers Quay video, you know. Yeah, meat going through tubes and, I mean, pipes. And, oh, shameless. Get me slapped on the wrist for that. Now, let's keep in mind that he probably wasn't doing well and went after Tool. And so let's 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 see what Tool had to say about Cobain. You know? <sighs> mm. Mm, yeah, that's not very nice. Nope. Oh, we can't play the video. Oh, we can't play the video. Shoot. How, you know, I wanted a rebuttal. And I don't think I can find one. So, here's what I will say. I love Nirvana, but I love Tool. So, yeah, you could go after them about that, but it's Tool. It's Tool. I think we all learn from one another, and the fact that he said that, he said a lot of things. It's sad. It's sad. This is the week of his, you know, his death anniversary. And, and Nirvana opened the doors for alternative music. Tool, Tool were already doing this shit in 91, though. So, it's not like they really needed Nirvana. I mean, Nirvana opened the doors in terms... It always kind of gets... I always kind of chuckle or cringe when people mention Nirvana and Tool in the same breath. Because it's like... Mm, music's a little different. It's a little different. The meditation of it. But anyway, happy birthday, Tool. Happy birthday, Annie Lennox. Unpleasant dreams.